from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Praise God for his word. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We put our hands together for the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John chapter number five, starting with the 11th verse down to the 13th verse. And this is the record that God have given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that have the son have life. And he that have not the son of God have not life. These things I have written unto you that ye believe on the name of the son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. How many of us know the highest reverence you can give to God is when you bow down and worship Him? Amen, amen. When we bow down and worship God, it's giving Him reverence. It's showing him that he is God and that he is way higher than you could ever be. We just thank God this morning for his grace. We thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. We thank God for waking us up this morning because somebody didn't wake up today. We just thank God that we are still here to bow down and give God reverence, to bow down and say thank you, Jesus, for one more day. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
Yes, worship him. Worship him because he is worthy to be worshiped. Heavenly Father, awesome God that you are. Father God, we come to you this morning assembling ourselves one to another, Father God, to give you worship, honor, and praise. This morning, Father God, we come in expectation to, hey, to receive your word, Father God, to, hey, that you would give each and every one of us the knowledge that we need to fulfill the will of yours, that we go forward in this world spreading the good news, that each and every one of us heart be set on fire for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, bless us today. Bless us today in this endeavor, Father God, that we let the world know that we worship a God that sits high and look low and take care of each and every one of us daily, every day. As we rise in the morning, our heart is set fast on the aid on the name of Jesus that we might go into this world and let the world know that you said, asked, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Father God, I find no other way each and every day that I arise, Father God, I aid my, the words that's coming out of my mouth is um, asking you, Father God, lead, guide, and direct me in this day that I might go forward and show the world that I am the example Amen. that you want me to be. And I know each and every one of my brothers and sisters here, they have the same mindset that we all will give you love, honor, praise because we know you have all the power. So Father God, we ask today that you bless the man that's going to bring us a message from you. Bless him dearly, Lord, as you always do. So that he feed us until we want no more. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. Because this man, I, we know that you have chosen a monster best. So as we proceed on into the day, Lord, let us carry his word 
out into the highways and the byways and so all might know that that is, that is a word from the Lord which I know will be great. So Father God, we're asking right now that you just in day fill our heart with the love we need that we might love on one another share with one another so that we all can have the peace and the joy and the happiness that you had said that we would have. Praise ye the Lord. After we receive that, we will give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. For it says, in the name of Jesus, amen.
deep in my soul. Oh, yeah. deep in my soul. Oh, yeah. deep in my soul. In my soul, you give me joy. Yeah. deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul.
Hallelujah. If you haven't had a chance to give at this time, you can do so and take this opportunity in this time of our praise and worship to give in your tithe and your offering. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if everyone has had the chance and opportunity to give, stretch forth your hands as we breast the offering. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these gifts, Lord God, that you have given, Lord God, to your people to give unto you, Lord God, for the work and upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, we ask that you would bless these gifts, Lord God, for the use, Lord God, that they were taken up for, Lord God. Bless those that had to give and those that didn't have to give, that they may be able to give on the next appointed time. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen and amen. Put your hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Once we get these things, you know, it comes in the form of test. No matter how hard it is, God just wants to see you through. Even when it gets harder, the Lord still says, hey, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. But you're still there, and you're like, Lord, oh, it's hard. Oh. Hey, be still and know that I am God. And if you humble thyself, and you fall on your knees, 
the Lord will definitely see you through. And that is my ultimate testimony. And I can share that with y'all. I was up till three o'clock in the morning writing this down because when I start, I can't, I hate talking in front of people because I get so nervous. So let me give y'all testimony about my week. You might as well have a seat. <laughs> so we're going to start off with Monday. Monday, I had a successful interview and I am just waiting on the call or email that says I got the job. Amen. Monday night. My car wouldn't start. Thank God that I checked it because I had court Tuesday morning. So I mapped out the bus ride. Now it's time for court. I'm honest, y'all. So just a little bit of background. I stopped paying rent in July because they said that I have a $1,155 balance. I asked several times where this balance came from because if I only owe for July, I owe $415. They basically said that they don't have to explain it, I just need to pay it. I said, who? Not me? I guess I'm gonna see y'all in court. Now August comes and my balance shows $17.55. Again, how? Where is this balance coming from? And they did not explain it. Now I'm mad and I done already murdered somebody. So September, when you murder somebody, you cuss them out. So I murdered somebody. <laughs> So September came and it said my balance was $2,300. Right. <laughs> so in court, I'm ready. Got all my papers, my proof, and everything. I argued my case to the judge. I said I owe July, August, and now September. My calculations, I owe $1,275. I don't know where y'all getting these balances from, and neither did that. The judge basically told me that this is not the court to figure out the amounts in. If I, I do I owe the balance? Yes. Did I not pay? No, because we wouldn't be here. So then I'm evicted. They just took my house, y'all. He said, I got 10 days, or I got five days. They're going to put an orange sticker on my door. From the date of the orange sticker, I have five business days in order to move. Um, and if I can't move my house within that time frame, then I forfeit it, and then they can resell it. Now, mind you, I've been evicted before at least eight, nine times. But this is different because when you own your house, like these is my walls, this is my floor, this is my house. So it's different. So I ran out of court with tears flowing down my eyes. I couldn't breathe. I probably had both a panic attack and an anxiety attack, and I almost passed out. I went to go get on the elevator, but I couldn't even press the button. It was taking too long. So I went to the stairs. I went down about two flights of stairs, and I just found myself over in the corner of the stairs just crying, like crying, crying. I heard somebody, so I got up, and before I knew it, I had taken 11 flights of stairs. I got to the bus stop, to what I thought was the bus stop. I sent out three text messages. One of them went to First Lady, and I said, they evicted me. I don't know the details. I'm upset. Pray. Then I looked up, and I realized that I was sitting at the wrong bus stop. I'm down here on Main and High Street before I realized that I had walked all the way down to High and Long Street. Yeah. 
So, got off the bus. I'm walking down my street, get a phone call. And this lady said, Janelle, I don't want to know and I don't need to know anything. The Holy Spirit told me to call you and ask you if you need a financial blessing. I stopped like, wait, what? Yeah. She said, okay, I'm gonna put a check in the mail. Um, I said, dang, I've been crying out in public all day. Can I just get home and cry? And so we started laughing, we prayed, and I continued walking in the house, going to the house. So, finally in the house, first thing I had to do was text First Lady to let her know that I was still breathing because she would have sent the police bishop to do a wellness check. Then, I had called my cousin. My cousin told me to go talk to them and find out what I needed to do in order to stay. And I'm like, nah, they just evicted me. I'm not finna go talk to them, because if I go talk to them, it's not gonna be cute, and they probably gonna put me out today. You call them. I gave them the landlord's number and the attorney's number. You call, you figure it out, you call me back. And then I cried myself to sleep, turned my phone off. I woke up, I looked around, and I said, nah, these people ain't finna take my house. I worked too hard for this. My cousin called me back several times. He said that they didn't answer. So I seen the property manager outside, I go outside, I talk to her, and ask her what I needed to do. She said, you need $2,135.38. So, I had started a savings account back in May with First Lady. She had my other bank card, which I get 8% of my check deposited there each paycheck, and then she also had cash. A few times, I took her money, and I gave her too much money, which made me broke for the next two weeks. And I knew no matter what I did or said, she wasn't finna give me not nan dollar. But no complaints though, I thank God for my first lady. So I checked my um, app on my card and it said that I had in my other account $1,017. Bishop then had texted me and said that the cash that I had was $1,160. Add them up, it's $2,177. I need $2,135.38. I have a balance of $42. God had me saving my money for such a time as this because he already knew that this day would come. There was no such thing as extra or being broke for two weeks. So I told my cousin I needed $1,500. He said he was going to do his best to get it for me by Friday. I haven't heard from him since Wednesday, y'all. I love most people in my family, but sometimes they just be talking just to hear themselves talk or just to get the scoop and run back and go tell it. So Thursday, the bailiff came with my orange sticker. I took the sticker to the landlord and I asked her if it was too late to pay. She said I needed to pay it as soon as possible before they scheduled the setup. So I text my boss, I immediately started walking because mind you, my car won't start. So I started walking, get to the bank, got my cashier's check and I saved my house. So, Hallelujah. y'all see I still got four more pages. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so listen, man will fail and disappoint you every single time. God is the only one that we can truly, completely depend on. I went through a whole unnecessary Tuesday morning process because God was not at the front of my mind. He was back up over here somewhere, not up here. Because my, let me see, yeah. It was, or I wasn't at perfect peace because my mind was not on him, but I'm learning. 
Now, Saturday, I've been in the house all day, been walking to the store if I need to be or wherever else I need to go. The or Friday, the mechanic came on Friday, goes to my car, puts the key in, it starts right up. Uh-uh, no, turn that off because it's not supposed to start up. I've been walking since Tuesday. That car better do something besides start. He tried it again. Turned it off, tried it again. It started right up again. I said, you know what? I promise I didn't have you come all the way over here for nothing. Like, my car literally would not start all week. <laughs> so, long story short, or no, wait a minute. So, uh, I had thought I needed a starter, or alternator, and some gas, or whatever. So, long story short, come to find out, it was the battery. I called the place that I got the battery. I just got the battery a year and two months ago. So I called them, Interstate. Yo, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. They said, that don't usually happen. Bring your car in. Can you start it? I'm like, I think so. So I run outside, I start it, it starts up, I go down to Interstate. I'm at Interstate, and this is why I write stuff down, because I be forgetting my mind. So I'm at Interstate. On the phone, the guy was talking like, yeah, you could just get a battery. It'd be 150 You can get one of the ones that's $150, and that'll give you like a, a five- or six-year warranty or whatever. So I'm like, all right. So I get down there, and I'm telling the guy that's now working on my car what was going on or whatever. He see that I just got the car a year ago. So he says, you know what, ma'am? I'm just going to charge you labor just for putting the, ba the battery in. We see this happen every once in a while, being that you just got it a year ago, it shouldn't be dead already. So I'm just gonna charge you labor. I said, yay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so the guy goes, that's really uh, good to hear somebody praising God. Usually you hear everybody using the Lord's name in vain. I said, not today, not with me. Um, so he said, he gets done, he puts the battery in and everything. He said, go ahead, start it up. I started it up, no issues. I said, uh, yay, I got a battery, and I go to give him the $10, because it was only $10. So I go to give him the $10. He said, nah, you keep that and just keep on praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, finally, if y'all don't already know, November 3rd will be my last day in Columbus. I'm moving back to Toledo with my house. Amen. Amen. One, one more time for Sister Janelle. One more time. One more time for Sister Janelle. Amen. Amen. Amen.
such a sweet song in my heart, but I, I understand Bless God. Bless God. I just want to share a quick testimony. I'm watching everybody else do a testimony, and I'm just sitting back enjoying it. And I'm like, I got one too. <laughs> Why I can't tell mine too? <laughs> bless God. Um, my testimony, I'm going to try to keep it as brief as I can. Back in 2018, 2018, um, Amy and myself and other people, some members that, that are at this church, we lost our jobs, like, all of a sudden. They pretty much gave us two weeks to be like, deuces, y'all out. Even though we are done, they didn't really totally cut us off until July. Even still, 
in that time, I'm working a part-time job making 12 bucks an hour because I was doing both jobs. And I'm sitting here like, I can't live off of $12 an hour. You know, of course, everybody know that. So I'm like, okay, I got to hit the pavement. So in the process of hitting the pavement, I'm still working this other job. So this job is breaking me down because it's physical labor. Y'all know I'm 80,000 years old. I can't be doing all that kind of stuff. So, shucks. <laughs> so, so I said, let me go ahead and get something in the meantime, but I still need to have some money coming in. So I'm still pushing my knees and everything else, but I'm still looking for something else. So finally I find something. However, because I needed to find something quick, it was through an agency. Nothing wrong with that. God bless you. So I started out with this agency and making a dollar more. So I'm doing both jobs still. And I'm like, okay, something got to give, something got to give. I can't keep doing this other job. You know, I'm coming to work, and I thank the Lord that it's sitting down. However, when you sit down for so long, you try to get up and walk, and you already broke down, and you're trying to walk again, and you're sitting down for so long, you, it takes you about this long to get up first, and then you got to walk and hobble. So that was another sign, okay, I got to do something. So in the process of working at this agency job, I loved it, loved, loved, loved this job. It was like so challenging. It was taking me through some stuff because I'm that curious person, like whatever is you tell me to do, why? What does it mean? Who did it? Where did it come from? So that I know exactly what I'm doing, when to do it, and why I'm doing it. So anyway, um, once I was in this job, it was a simple position, verify, keep it moving. But of course, me, why we got to verify this? What does it mean? So I'm doing this, and I'm asking questions in the meantime. The, oldest, the bigger boss is looking at me like, can y'all get this girl out of here because she getting on my nerves? Apparently, I was knowing stuff that he had no clue about, and I'm asking questions, and he's like, why can't you just do what you're asked to do? But I'm trying. So anyway, fast forward. With that being said, even though I was driving him to drinking Clorox, he moved me up into another position. <laughs> He moved me up into another position because he's like, well, yeah, she got all this knowledge, whatever, whatever. So it was, they chose five of us and moved us up in another position. However, this position is a pilot position, meaning we need to start this to see where it's going to go if we can keep this and make this an additional position to the company. So we, I get over there. Again, nosy beans, me. Even though they gave us a training packet, there was more to the job. So I'm like, well, why? If we're going to be trained this way, there has to be a reason from A to Z. You're going to just jump over and jump and jump. You're not knowing where all these came from. So here I go, revamping the whole thing. Who told you to do that? Me. So I did it anyway, just because, to me, it makes sense. If we got new people, this is a pilot, everybody needs to know how does this connect with these things in this company because it affects not just our department. There's other departments that it affects. So, again, here I come. How about if we put this here? How about we put this on this page? How about make this page and we do this? Da, da, da. Next thing you know, I got a whole nother packet with extra stuff in there because it goes along with everything else. So then they're like, well, geez, we're going to keep her here. So they're telling me, you know, we have to wait till we get the okay to have these positions open because right now we're still guinea pigs. We're the ones working it out, trying to get the kinks out, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, in my brain, I can't afford to be a guinea pig, so I need y'all to do something. And every month, they're saying, we've been on them, we've been asking them. Mind you, by this time, it has been two years. Two years has passed. 
and we're still in the same position. And I'm like, I can't. So here I go, hitting the pavement again, trying to find something else. They found out that I was looking for something else. My, my lead supervisor, however you want to call her, she's like, you are not allowed to leave me. You cannot go anywhere. I need you here. Well, I need some money. I'm just saying. Keeping it real, just being 100. So she's like, I'm going to do everything I can do. I'm going to push and da-da-da-da. So same stuff. Keep going, keep going. Next thing you know, COVID, we all got to go home and work from home. Been working from home ever since. So the process of working from home, they have, like, the bigger bosses sending me emails and asking me questions. How does this work and why does this do that? I'm like, this is your company. You tell me. But, you know, me being respectful as I am, I let them know this is how I came up with this, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, the training package that I put together got approved by the whole corporate company. So it is now on the company SharePoint for everybody to understand what we do and how it ties into their jobs as well. So with that being said, I'm still waiting like, okay, I, I got to get another job. So what's happening? And so I told, I asked my lead, you know, she, she always works with me whenever I need to take off or whatever and, you know, whatever, whatever. So by this time I'm telling her I'm going to have to get another job. If I work a second job, you know, can I still just, you know, do my hours, whatever. She's like, yeah, that's not a problem. Sure. Okay, cool. The week later, she calls me. She said, I got some good news. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, we got you guys a raise. Really? Cool. I'm all excited. I'm only expecting, like, you know, $2 to me. That's a lot coming from where I was. So I'm all excited thinking, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 you know. And in the process of that, I have to move. And I only have, at that time, I only had, like, less than a month to move. So I'm like, I still got to put some money together to pack and get this and get a truck, da da da, da try to move. So anyway, <laughs> I get there. I get excited about this. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, finally. So here I'm hitting the pavement with the moving thing. Now I can move forward. I can actually pick something that's not trash, so to speak. So the next day after she told me I got the raise, I got a call from the same company that I'm in but a different department wanting to hire me in that department. And I was like, for real? Like, now I applied for two positions in the company. One was uh, two years ago, and then one a few months ago. The one that I applied for a couple years ago, they were already ready to hire me, but COVID happened. And they said, we gotta wait, because now they're shifting people, some people going home, some people staying, they didn't know what to do. Because we were already home, staying home, my thing is, we ain't got to talk to y'all. We don't have to be in your face. How come y'all can't just virtuality me with the orientation? And, uh, let's go. They couldn't do that. So I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Now, back to where I was at. This company called me. Now, the other company is having, uh, not company, this position calls. The other position is upset because not only do they not get me, everybody that, is, that was already in the position that I am hired for now, they're moving us all into one thing. So that means the position I was supposed to go to, their people are coming to where I am. So <laughs> I'm like, how about that? Now, here's the hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I get an extra two more dollar raise on top of all of that. All of that. Next year, I get another raise on top of all of that. So I am rejoicing with y'all because y'all, everybody didn't have all these testimonies. I'm so excited, so thankful. That's my testimony. Let's put it on the list. 
GMFC doing things over here. Woo! Hallelujah. Do we serve a good God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, we thank the Lord for all the testimonies that have gone forward. Amen. Um, if, if we're going to be testifying like this every week, um, I don't have to prepare a sermon. So, so thank you. Keep, keep doing what you're doing so I can do less. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord again for everything that has been said and done. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing and his grace for us. Amen. Hallelujah. We salute you that are here in the house and those that have joined via technology. We thank the Lord for each and every one of you. We salute our um, fellowship on the west coast of the United States, otherwise known as the west coast campus of GMFC. We thank the Lord for them. Hallelujah. We're excited again because we're beginning to see, I told you several weeks ago, that when you learn to, to be excited about the blessings that God is giving others in your same body, that's a sign that God is on your street. And if he will bless your neighbor and you can be excited about what he's doing for your neighbor, he's not a respecter of persons. He will just go from house to house to house to house and bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we learn to just be excited, sometimes, you know, we, if we're going to keep it real, sometimes we get upset because we wanted God to bless us first. Hallelujah. But sometimes we have to understand that God has us in a place for a purpose so that he can do what only God can do. And like Janelle said earlier, when God is not at the forefront of your mind, you make the place where you are more difficult than it has to be. But when you keep God in your thoughts focused solely upon him, no matter what place you may find yourself, you will realize your purpose and live out God's power over everything that comes against you. And for that, you ought to say thank you. For that, you ought to celebrate the Lord. For that, you ought to let the devil know that after everything that he's done, that after everything that he's done, I won't be shook. I may weeble and wobble sometimes, but I won't be shook. You won't keep me down. I'll give you a minute to let that salivate in your tongue. I hear the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I hear the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is saying this. If you learn to open your mouth, He will open the door. If you learn to open your mouth, He will open the door. Your praise precedes The old saints used to say, don't wait till the battle is over. You can shout right now. Because victory belongs to you. Victory is your portion. Victory is who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. Go right ahead. Okay. Just real quick. I'm not going to take forever. But while everybody was yet praising, it just, whoo. It just reminded me real quick of my doctor's appointment on Friday. And as everybody here now knows, I'm expecting with my husband. Um... I'm 15 weeks along, first kid, first pregnancy, all that. So a few weeks ago, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was leading for your glory. And whew, okay. And I said in, in worship that it doesn't matter what the sonogram says, that we were going to be okay. And I don't know if everybody caught that, but Bishop caught it. And after service, he said, what did you say about that sonogram? What do you mean? And this was something I didn't come out and say. But at about, I want to say, seven weeks, six weeks, something around there, um, I was diagnosed with a subchoriotic hematoma, which is basically a pocket between where the placenta attaches to the uterus that fills with fluid. And so, you know, bleeding and pregnancy don't go hand to hand. So when I first figured that out and ran to the hospital, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, God, what is going on? I wasn't in any pain, though. So they did an ultrasound, and that's what they diagnosed me with. They said it's a 50-50% chance that you'll miscarry. They say usually it doesn't, but it's a chance. We got to be real with you. We got to be honest. And they found a multifocal. So it was in three different places that there was fluid between the placenta trying to attach to my uterus. So I had my follow-up appointment with my OB, and she said she still saw it. She said, it's not really worrying me. You know, it's still an ultrasound. You know, you might expect a little spotting here and there. I said, okay, I'm going to just trust God. 
So I've been praying. And on Friday, I was 15 weeks, and I had my appointment. And I went in, and she didn't have an ultrasound schedule. She was just looking for the art beat and uh, doing a few other little simple tests. I said, are we going to do ultrasound today? I want to see if I still have that hematoma that you were able to see last time on the appointment. She said, well, I didn't have one scheduled. I just want to find the heartbeat. But I'll ask the sonographer if he has a few extra minutes, he can get you in. So she said, if I can't find the heartbeat, don't worry. You're still pretty early, so sometimes they're just hiding. She put it on immediately. Me and my husband heard the heartbeat. She was like, it sounds great, 150 beats per minute. You're good. So I went to the sonographer. And he, he got me ready to get scanned. And I said, I just want to know if I should expect any more bleeding or any other, just so I don't worry, because it's my first time. And he said, I don't see anything. It's gone. It's, I had a multifocal, which was three different spots. And he checked on Friday, and there was nothing. He said, the baby is growing fine. Everything's healthy. You are okay. Don't expect any bleeding. Everything looks great. And I just want to say thank you. I just want to say that when Bishop says it doesn't matter truly what a diagnosis is, that's, the, that's one truth. I saw with my own eyes this one truth. But God. And I'm and on Friday, there was no evidence of anything. It healed itself, and I'm okay. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, God, because I didn't lose faith. I kept praying, and I kept trusting that I was going to be okay. And he came through and showed up. And there was no evidence of anything being wrong. So thank you, God. Keep your faith. Don't matter what the doctors say, because he still stepped in, and we are okay, and we are growing perfectly. Thank you. Come on, Shabbat God. still really early and I was really because I didn't I didn't know why this was happening to me and I was in a really really bad place but then this past weekend um, I was hospitalized I was just having really bad stomach pain and um, doctors told me that um, my appendix and my gallbladder were rupturing. And had I been pregnant, I, I would have died. <laughs> and I had emergency surgery. <laughs> and it went really good. And I was just fine. And that's why I knew I had a miscarriage. Because <laughs> me and my baby wouldn't survive anyways. And I just thank God that. <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm still here, too. 
remember the night I was in the hospital, my boyfriend couldn't be with me, obviously because of COVID. So my mom was there and he was at work and he had to work all night. And I was really scared. <laughs> and that next morning, um, he called me before I went into surgery. Um, and he told me I had a crazy dream. I said, so did, so did I. And he told me, I said, what was your dream about? He said, I had a dream of my son. <laughs> I said, I did too, I had a dream of my son. <laughs> I told him at the time when I had my miscarriage, I said, I didn't want to do it again. I didn't want to try and have children again because that's just too hard to lose a child. So he told me after I graduate <laughs> and we get married, we can try again. And I hope one day I get to see my son that I saw in my dreams, <laughs> that we both saw in our dreams. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, let's celebrate God. Come on, let's, let's celebrate God. Hallelujah. I wish I would have known that all that was going on. I wish I would have known because I would have been there for you. Because I believe in the power of prayer. And I know that God sees what we don't see. He knows what we do not know. He has already been where we are going. So you can have 100% confidence that everything you've been through in your life is to make you who you need to be for the glory that is yet to come. Many of you don't know, my wife and I experienced a miscarriage. And it's hard to endure. And I thank God that he gave you revelation knowledge of how he spared your life. How he kept your life. And I thank God for that because that tells me, and it should tell you, that the devil is horrified at who you are becoming in God. You hold on to your faith. You believe God. And I promise you, you will realize even more knowledge about what God is doing in your life and the impact you're going to have, not just in your little circle, around your family and friends, but an impact, a story that's going to save lives and bring glory to God. So you, you, you keep your head up. You keep your head up because God spared you on purpose. It wasn't an accident. He spared you on purpose because he loves you. And he's got work for you to do. So you might as well just roll up them sleeves and get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Truly thank the Lord again for everything that has um, been said and done and What's been going on, it's amazing um, when you think about um, 
what God is doing. And I know that there are more testimonies and things that people uh, have endured and things open doors and ways that have been made. And I don't know everything that's been said and done today while it encourages us because we overcome by the word of our testimony. I know that there are people that are tuned in who are at the brink of making a decision feeling like they're alone and isolated and outside of reach. But I believe that God is showing everyone that's watching this broadcast that no matter what you're going through, no matter where you may be, he is right there working it out for your good. He is right there with you, empowering you to come through it like a champ. And I just believe that what's been done and said today is ministering to somebody right now who maybe were ready to give up. They got the same or similar prognosis from the doctor. They experienced traumatic loss, and they were ready to just throw in the towel. But because you shared your testimony of victory and God's grace, I believe that today, what the enemy determined to destroy, God came in, flipped the script, and now they are celebrating because they know that what God does for us, he will also do for them. So I thank the Lord for each of you being obedient to the urging of the Spirit of God to share your testimony and I know that it's hard sometimes talking about the things that you're enduring and the things that you're going through. But never be afraid to, te to testify of God's goodness over your life. I wondered why so much this week the Lord was impressing upon me to talk to you today about faith. And I know that the, the hour is growing late. But I do want to impart something into your spirit because what you have testified about is the manifestation of the faith that God has implanted in each of us. Star Trek says that space is the final frontier. But I believe that faith is the final frontier. It is the thing that we enter boldly without knowledge, without understanding, just confidence that he that is greater than we is able to keep us, to meet us at the point of our need, and to share with us a love that is greater than our own comprehension. I encourage you that this week in your time of prayer and study that you read the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, the first through the 40th verse. And let these scriptures minister to you and speak to you right where you are right now. Before I get into the word today, I just want to uh, remind you uh, Operation Christmas Child is going on. It's our opportunity to be a blessing 
around the world to share the love of God and a gift that lets other people know that there is somebody thinking about them. And it's November the 15th is the collection day. We have the display set up. Please take a box, fill that box, and bring it back. Let us do something to be a blessing to somebody else, to sow a seed into somebody else's life because every seed that is sown must reproduce after its own kind. And I believe that we have the opportunity, God is opening a door for us to use this medium to share the love of God that we have experienced. So I encourage you please to do that and for the women this week, the 7th and the 8th, the Thursday and Friday is our women's conference here at Grace and Mercy Fellowship Center for Greater Emmanuel Fellowship International. We have some powerhouse speakers that are going to be here at 12 p.m. and at 7 p.m. We're expecting a time. We're expecting deliverance. We're expecting the presence of God. We're expecting uh, the, the release of God's instruction and uh, wisdom to be poured out in your midst. You don't want to miss it. If you can't make all the services, try to make at least one of them because it's going to be a blessing to you. I want to thank the Lord. I don't know if anyone's paid attention, but coming in, you didn't have to drive through craters in the parking lot. But the parking lot was smooth. I had to almost do a double take. Make sure I turned in the right driveway. Hallelujah. And then I actually knew where my parking space was. Praise the Lord. Not only is it covered, fixed, sealed, it's also marked. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord. Uh, Brother Wilson uh, sharing his love for us. Uh, it's just amazing. We've been in this building six, seven years eight, nine, whatever, wherever we've been here, we have never cleaned the windows in this church. Hallelujah. It's amazing how the outside looks through a clean window. Hallelujah. But we thank the Lord because Brother Wilson looked at the windows and he must have been saying to himself, what in the world is wrong with Bishop? Hallelujah. But we thank the Lord. Uh, he had somebody come out and clean the, window, <laughs> clean the windows for us. Oh, he did it. Hey, well, hey, well, look at that. He came out and cleaned the windows. Amen. Amen. I just thank the Lord for that, for being a blessing, seeing what needed to be done, and just doing it. Hallelujah. Last week I told you how the Lord uh, impressed upon uh, someone that's no longer a member here, and I had reached out to them to, to ask if I could share who it was, and they gave me their permission, and uh, I was so thankful to God that uh, she and her husband listened to the direction of the Lord, and I just want to give honor to whom honor is due. When we were short on the mortgage and needed a specific amount, nobody knowing what that amount was, God showed me that he will always pour into the place what is needed. And he impressed upon Angela and Sean Marshall, and they sent us that money. 
and I thank God for them. And I salute them, hallelujah, for their obedience. And I know that God is going to bless them because I know their situation. And it's not like they're sitting high on the hog and got just money flowing out of their pockets that they're just looking for something to do with. Hallelujah. But it was a sacrifice for them, but they did it in obedience. And I thank the Lord for that, and I honor them uh, this day. And so many other people that have blessed this ministry, I don't have the time to just go in, you start naming people, and you miss somebody, and then they get mad. And So just charge it to my head, not my heart. I, I truly thank the Lord for each and every one of you that's been a blessing to this place, that's listened to the direction of the Lord and uh, allowed God to use you uh, to further this work, because I know that the enemy has been doing everything he can to destroy the work, to destroy the members of this body to try to tear us apart. And I know it's because God is doing something here. Hallelujah. I know that God is doing something here. Lives are going to be changed. They're already being changed and they're going to be changed even more. Hallelujah. And I'm standing upon his promises for us. Amen. I just want to talk to you as brief as I can. I know the hour is late and we're getting accustomed to getting out early. So I won't give you this whole sermon today, but I want to sow a seed into you so that we can begin to understand why the things that have been happening in our midst, the things that we've heard through the word of testimony, why these things are coming about and how some of the trauma that is associated with our victories is what I call unnecessary trauma. Because when we fully understand who God is in our life, we can begin to realize that no matter where we are in our life, God has always got us. The Bible declares that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here in the Word of God, we have a founding contextual explanation of what faith is. It's a very common and it's a known passage of Scripture within the body of Christ, often quoted and uh, ministered from. And um, we look at it sometimes as if it is just a good saying. It's just uh, that phrase that we use all the time while not really fully understanding what is actually being declared by God. We've used it to answer ageless questions about our current tribulation and the things that we're dealing with in our lives, the things that we see in our family, the things that we, the struggles that we endure in this life and uh, in this world. And it sounds good to hear when it is said out loud, but too many of us truly have no idea of the magnitude of what is written in the text and the power that it holds over life itself when you uh, begin to fully grasp its fullness and its meaning, you are opening for yourself a door of delivering power that will elevate you above all your trouble. I'm going to give you an introduction to this truth. What is faith? You'll find this to be the only time in Scripture where faith is actually defined. 
The Word of God refers to faith repeatedly, giving examples of faith, showing the rewards of faith, but only in this one place is faith defined, as if God had preceded the definition with example and manifestation. God wanted to show you the results of what you did not know and then define for you why the results took place. The New American Standard puts it like this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The Amplified says it like this, now faith is the, sus the assurance, the confirmation, or the title deed. That means something you possess of things that we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of those things in reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to our natural senses. One of the theologians that I study, Kenneth Woost, says that now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the conviction of things which are not being seen. William Barclay says, faith means that we are certain of the things we hope for, convinced of the things we do not see. Faith is a hope that is absolutely certain that what it believes is true and that what it expects will come to pass. Wycliffe Bible Commentary is another one that I look at and I read often, and it says that faith is trust in the unseen. It is not trust in the unknown, for we may know by faith what we cannot see with the eye. And lastly, Marvin Vincent, another theologian, says faith apprehends as a real fact what is not revealed to our senses. It rests on the fact, acts upon the fact, and is upheld by it in the face of all that seems to contradict it. Faith is a real seeing. So if you pay close attention to the things that I've said, you'll begin to see a common thread between all of these great writers and writings and Bible expositors and theologians. Faith is the existence of real truth. You ought to write that down. You ought to think about this. You ought to hold on to this. Faith is the existence of real truth in an atmosphere of real deception. Faith, this is how I define it. Faith is the existence of real truth in an atmosphere of deception. You see, faith and hope go together. They walk hand in hand with one another. You cannot find one and not see the other. The same things that are the object of our hope are the object of our faith. You see, faith is a firm persuasion and expectation 
that God will perform everything that he has promised to us in Christ Jesus. The old folks would say it is the confirmation of the promises that we stand on and believe we will not be shook from. This persuasion is so strong that it gives our soul the very possession of the unseen. You see, believers in the exercise of our faith become filled with unspeakable joy and are full of God's glory because Christ dwells in the soul through faith and the soul is filled with the fullness of God because where Jesus is, God is. So then what is faith? I want to take you on a little bit of a journey of exploration together today. While we'll only begin the journey, I want you to begin to breathe in as you travel with me. Too often we go on a journey so focused on our destination that we miss the beauty of the path. Today I want you to take a pause for the cause and look at everything that is around you as we begin to walk through scripture. This is a journey and at the end of this journey, the end of this lesson, we will have our minds open to a place where God will begin to release an understanding of this element of real truth in your thinking. And you will no longer see things in this world or in your life the same way. You see, too long your eyes have been fixated upon the things that are not of God. They've been blinded by this world and the things that are in it. And far too long, we've been walking around with our proverbial heads in the clouds. There's a revelation here that will cause you to get off the bench and get in the game. God is moving us to the first team. You're no longer on the JV team. You're no longer a bench rider. You're no longer the sixth man. You're no longer the backup. You are on the first team. We're moving and nothing is going to stop us from reaching our destiny. This word substance comes from a Greek word that means foundation, assurance, a guarantee of things that are hoped for. And the word evidence comes from another Greek word that means conviction. So faith is being described as an act of the mind and the heart. Faith is not a non-action word. Faith is a verb. It's a word that moves. It's a word that catapults itself into every crisis and every situation. Faith is being described as an act of your mind and heart. Our heart and mind believe something and we have an assurance and conviction that what we believe is true. 
This is why I tell you, you have to be careful when you listen to what other people tell you in relation to what you're going through because they're simply telling you what they know at their level of understanding. But I'm not connected or tied to their level of understanding. I'm tied to the level of understanding that is omniscient, that is all-knowing, that is all-powerful. There is this fact that can be overshadowed by real truth. This is certainly true. I feel that there is a deeper revelation in this text that many of us have missed. Faith is an action. But it is even more than that. There are earlier interpretations of uh, these Greek words that we, we study to determine what God is saying to us, which were translated to mean real being, substantial nature, or the real nature of a thing. So faith, as an action word, pulls down the shade to reveal the real nature of your expectation. Yes, sir. So I believe Scripture seems to be saying that faith then is the actual possession of reality. We heard earlier Jocelyn's testimony that dealt with a condition in her body that would cause her to believe danger existed. But faith puts me in a place where I can possess Reality. Well, whose reality? The reality of that which I hope for. So you get a prognosis like that and your hope is that they are wrong. And when you stand on faith, even the prognosis has to bend its will to the authority of the substance yes, of your faith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So where fluid existed prior to the act of faith being applied, the fluid, the separation, the break had to adjust itself to the reality that when God speaks life, It is the actual possession of reality. So if I hold true the translation then, title deed, I should understand even in the natural realm of being the person who holds the deeded title to property means I possess that property. It already 
belongs to me. So then faith is not a tomorrow possession. Faith is a right now possession. Not something that is to come, but something that has already come. Looking at things through the perspective of God, we have to understand then that the promises of God are not things that are before us, but things that already exist and our faith opens our mind to possess what God has already released. Sometimes we pray inaccurately. We keep asking God to give us strength. Not even realizing you already have all the strength you will ever be able to possess because you have Jesus. And this is why when you ask God to give you strength, he doesn't give you strength. What he gives you is trouble so you can see that you already have what you have been asking him for. It's almost as if God is saying to himself, I, I, I cannot give you more than me. So since you don't realize the reality of my existence in you, let me shake the ground so that you might see. You already possess it. You're not going to possess it. You already possess it. What I'm trying to open your hearts and minds to see is when you hold the title deed to property and are possessing something, it is more than just an assurance and conviction. It is the actual possession of reality. You're actually holding something that is so substantial and so real, it makes your perceived reality deception so that you might see the true reality that is in him. It is possessing the land, the promises of God, faith is possessing the substance of the promises of God, the evidence of things not seen. So if I possess them, the substance is there, the evidence is there, the substance and the evidence, the fact that I already possess them are my assurance and conviction. This is really important for you to understand, and it bears me repeating substance and evidence, the fact that I already possess eternal life becomes the basis of my assurance 
and conviction of never tasting and experiencing death. You see, the basis or foundation of my faith, God has healed my body, is not based on what he is going to do, but what he has already done. The Bible declares that Jesus was already wounded for my transgressions. He was already bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is already upon him. So by his stripes, I'm already healed. I'm healed right now. I'm healed in my condition. I'm healed with my prognosis. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Jesus has already received the stripes by which I am healed. Then, truth be told, I must already have the healing for which he received the stripes. You see, I'm not going to get healed, but I'm healed right now. Jesus is not going to the cross. He'd been there, done that. So when I come for the elders of the church to lay hands on me that I might be healed, I'm not coming so much to be healed, but rather that somebody might agree with me that I'm already healed so that I and they can rejoice together at the grace and mercy of my Lord. You see, the word of God teaches us uh, the ministry is building uh, not on a work that's not done, not on a work that needs some extra parts, uh, not on uh, an unfinished work, but uh, the ministry of Christ was finished at Calvary. Everything that was needed to be done was already done by Jesus. Before he died, he declared, it is finished. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to work it up. I don't have to conjure it up. I don't have to believe it up. It's already up. We do not have to hope for the work to get done or new work to start before we can enjoy the promises of God. So then when I say my faith has made me whole, then what I'm really saying is the reality I've been living has been changed by the reality of what I know to be true. The reality that I've been living, the reality that I've been told, the reality that I've seen, the reality that I've felt, the reality that I've heard has to change into the reality of what he has declared. I'm not conformed to the truth of this world, but have been transformed by the renewing of my mind. 
So I already possess what I need. So when sickness comes, I already have my healing. When addictions plague my mind and body, I already possess deliverance. When the enemy comes to poison my thinking, I already have an antidote. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You might ask how this can be. I am more, more than, greater than, because the conqueror has already come and conquered. He's already delivered me from every one of my enemies, both foreign and domestic. Somebody in here ought to just give God some glory because every enemy that you face is a defeated foe. Whether they be foreign enemies or enemies that are domestic, enemies that are intimate, enemies that are connected to you, you already You don't even have to think about kicking their butt. Because their butt's already been kicked. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You should begin to receive the revelation that you're no longer waiting on God to deliver you. But in truth, the veil has been removed from their faces and you can clearly see that you're already walking in deliverance. You possess it. You have a right to it. A God-given right. He signed the deed of your victory and handed it over to you. Hallelujah. And nobody can take it away. Nobody. 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 Because greater is he that is with us than he that stands against us. Let me just close with this. I don't want to get too deep into this today. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you an appetizer. Hallelujah. We don't have the time for me to really get into this like I want, but you've got to understand why praise precedes. Because in truth, praise is coming behind what is already taking place. This is why we don't war in the natural, but we war in the spirit. You may get some satisfaction in the natural, but the satisfaction you get in the spirit realm by tapping into what has already been done will blow your mind. 
So what am I saying? Faith is both an act and it's a possession of the thing in which you believe. It is believing and trusting in what actually exists. It is believing and trusting in what you actually, in reality, possess right now. Sometimes you may not be able to see it, but that does not deny its reality. It is still true and it is still in existence. You possess it by believing and having faith in it. You possess it right now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, not when the doctor says so, not when the lawyer says so, not when the judge says so, not when the banker says so, not when your wife says so, not when your husband says so, not when your best friend says so. You have it right now. The very substance by believing and entrusting your life to it. And the devil can't keep you from it. This is why the devil is a deceiver. Because he really cannot take from you what God has given you. So he deceives you into thinking you don't have what you possess. He can't take it. All you can do is give it. He cannot take it. And because he can't take it, he deceives you into either giving it to him or to believing you don't have what God declares you have. It's mine. I'm stingy. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. Some of you have heard the story. My wife and I go out to eat. I got my plate. And I will buy you whatever plate you want. And that's your plate. What's on my plate is mine. It's mine. It's what I bought for me. I will not spare anything for you. I will give you whatever you want. I'll give you everything on the menu, including the same as what's on my plate. But what's on my plate is mine. Y'all pray for me because I'm not into sharing. I will bless you, but I will not share with you. But the enemy wants you to begin to believe that there's nothing on your plate 
This is why we begin to feel isolated and alone. Because what did the enemy do? He wants you to believe you don't have the intimate connections with him and with humanity that he has connected you to. The enemy will even cause you to believe that physical distance isolates you. But you cannot be isolated. Nor can you ever be truly alone. You may imprison this body. You will never imprison my mind. You will never imprison my thought life. You will never dictate to me what is not true. You have to understand the power of the words which flow out of your mouth faith is not I think so it's I hope so it's not it may be so it may not be so it might be true it might not be true this, this is not what faith is this is not what should flow out of your mouth because Every phrase that I've uttered to you is a phrase that is based upon doubt. You see, biblical faith does not deal with what is unreal. It doesn't deal with the imaginary. It doesn't deal with the fanciful. It doesn't deal with what is visionary. It doesn't deal with what is superficial. It is not deceptive by nature. Biblical faith is knowledge, experience, and possession of what you hope for. You see, true biblical faith deals only with truth and reality. It is you knowing what is real. It is you experiencing what is real. It is you possessing what is real. This is what faith is. The Word of God declared. In the second verse, for by it the elders obtained a good report. And I promise you, if you tune in next week, if you come to the house next week, I will tell you what it is that God is saying to us here. I will reveal for you what happens when the elders are able to gain a good report. 
I will bring clarity to your understanding and I will break this down into the ABCs of your faith so that you, when you leave, will leave with the assurance that you too have obtained a good report. Hallelujah. 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 The promises of God are yea and amen. They're yours because he said so. Hallelujah. Not because Stone Cold said so, but because Jesus said so. Hallelujah. When you stand in what is real, you will find what you need will seek you out. Yes. Seek ye first the kingdom Amen. and all Blood into your life. Blessings that are pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. They will chase you. You'll get a knock at the door, it'll be a blessing. You'll get a phone call, it'll be a blessing. You'll open the mail, it'll be a blessing. You won't help but to be blessed. You'll become so blessed, you won't want to open up another envelope. Because the Bible declares it shall overtake you. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. As we prepare to take communion, I just want to pray this over your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, a lot of deception has gone before your people. Has blinded their eyes to see, their minds to know, and their hands to possess what you have already done for them. So, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we declare the blinders to fall off, the bonds to be broken, 
the deception to be loosed right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Spirit of suicide, the Lord rebuke you. Spirit of depression, the Lord rebuke you. Spirit of sickness, the Lord rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, I speak life. I speak health. I speak prosperity. I speak peace. In the name of Jesus. I release it now into the atmosphere of everyone under the sound of my voice. Those that have an inability to hear what I am saying, I speak it in the spirit that it should not be denied them. Manifest now. Angels in heaven encamped round about us. I command you to go to work in the name of Jesus, bearing not thy sword in vain, but making war for us. into thy presence. Thank you for that peace which surpasses all understanding. Hallelujah. I thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We believe that we were redeemed by his blood. It was his blood that washed us and regenerated us and made us new. It was his blood that allows us to stand before God in right standing. Father, we thank you 
there was not much that Jesus specifically told us to remember. But he did tell us to honor this holy communion. And that as often as we did it, to do it in remembrance of him. For the bread represents his body. And the juice, his blood. And the word declares that the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said unto them, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. The word goes on to say that after the same manner also he took the cup when they had supped, saying, This is the New Testament in my blood. As often as ye drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. By faith we stand before the throne of God thanking him for the sacraments that he has given through the precious life, death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus. Father, now bless each of these sacraments that they would continue to minister your grace and truth in us. As we are partakers of it now, we stand in agreement with what you have already finished. We are made whole by the blood of the Lamb. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to come and share with us together as we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. Just come from the back. Come from where you are. If you're going to be a partaker. everyone had the opportunity 
let us open, take, break, and eat. Let us drink together. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. Come on, you singers, help me. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. There's power in his blood. There's power in his blood. There's power in his blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. Come on, keep it going. Be emphatic. Come on, Elder Johnson, tell us how they do it in Tennessee. Come on, LaRonda, help me. Come on, Deacon Timothy.
Come on, Jaleesa, help me. God right now in the mighty name of Jesus we thank you for this day this day that you have made we rejoice and we are glad in it we thank you for everyone that's been able to join with us today hearing the words of victory being fed with the bread of heaven till we want no more father meet us at the point of our need do what only you can do for we declare we are saved sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost recognizing it's by your blood that we've been made whole take us into this week in victory and triumph that we might testify of your goodness and your mercy and your love for us we thank you right now in the name of Jesus and the people of God said amen